coming to you direct from the After Hours Lounge in the back room of the best cigar shop east of just west of this very location. It's the Cigar Hacks, better known as a bunch of hacks talking cigars, etc. On our panel hacks today are Maddie the Magnificent. Yeah! Nurse Rick is in the house. Hello! We have Correspondent Mike. Hello! And as a special guest, we have Mustang Mike. Yes, it is. With us tonight. He's going to give us a little a little insight into some conspiracy topics here. Of course, your humble announcer producer, Cigar Hack Dave. Our segments tonight include Hidden Herf, Blind Cigar Review, Current Events in the Cigar World, a little Local Smoke. We have a bunch of current events at our usual haunts. We have Local Spotlight, where we review a local cigar lounge. And Conspiracy Corner, where we expose the ugly underbelly of possible truth, along with the Hidden Herf Reveal and Hidden Herf Recap. You find us all over the internet, usual places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our, on our website, CigarHacks.com. Right, jumping right into the Hidden Herf. Who wants to take this one? Of course, the Hidden Herf. So we need to describe what the Hidden Herf is, because we haven't been doing that for a little while. You want to take that one, Senor? Um, yeah, well, we just we smoke a cigar that we don't know what it is, and then... Uh, Halfway through, we will remove our band, uh, the band that's hiding the real band. We will then learn what the cigar is after we give our tasting notes on it and our expert opinions. And then uh, you'll all be surprised and thrilled with the results. We usually are. (laughs) And one of these days, we'll... uh have a way for you to get the hidden herbs ahead of time so you can smoke them along with us while you're listening. So we got a Maduro here. Yes, a Maduro, uh, but it's a little bit on the light side. It, I would not say Maduro. No. You didn't no. say Maduro last week, and it was a Maduro. Well, that was that, a fake Maduro. That was a fake Maduro. <laughs> yeah, that was a fake Maduro. But it was a Maduro. <laughs> um, that was a port wine-aged yeah. Maduro. <laughs> Whatever this is, I have a vein that's going right down. Uh, you know what? I actually have a opinion on this. I believe this looks exactly like a sun drum. Could be a sun drum. It's got pepper on the foot smell. Wow, makes me want to sneeze. I got like chocolate. Oh, that's what I said earlier. It's not oily. So no uh, oil. Let's hear from uh, our guest Mustang Mike. What do you think of it? What does it smell like to you? It's it's outside my comfort zone at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's quite all right because we have all opinions. So Mustang well, Mike and I smoke. We both only smoke the same like two cigars. So. Mm-hmm. Every time that I do this, it's a shock to my system. I yep. think Mustang Mike will find the same. Yes. I'm, well, a hammer, I'm a hammer guy. You're a hammer like <laughs> me. Well, Fox Press and uh, Berlin Wall, and yeah. that's it. Those are my trade-offs. Well, if you don't like this, you can always put it down and say you don't like it, and that's the, your review. That's perfectly – we've had that happen before a couple times. Last week. Yeah, a couple times with good reason. Okay, so let's light these up. Wait a minute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to okay. light the way that I learned yesterday oh, that's, Nick Perdomo. That's right. We learned on the Nick Perdomo video how to light a cigar, to toast it properly. Don't put the flame. Roasting it. Don't put the flame onto the cigar directly. Just let the heat do it like so. Of course, you can't see what like so means. You can watch the Nick video and you'll learn what I'm talking about. Roasting that bone. It's a Super Bowl cigar. It is a Super, super Bowl cigar. Hmm. It's good. This is starting out it's, good. I like it. It has pepper. It does have pepper. Yeah. Full yeah. of taste. Yeah, that's a tasty little treat. This is like a Corona size. Stronger than what I usually have. When I took the photograph of it, it's a dime ring gauge, which makes it about a 44. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Any comments? Everybody's smoking away on their right. bones here. A little salt and pepper. Salt yeah, and pepper. This, yeah, that, I would go with that, too. Salty and peppery. I think I know what this could be. Well, it could be another good guess. It's possible. I'm going to go with Perdomo Sungrown. We'll see how close to fake news you are. We'll see, but <laughs> I that does, is in my repertoire. That's pretty much... Does Perdomo... I can attest to that. That's all I smoke, pretty much. That's one of the things I smoke. Should they make a... Champagne, yes, champagne, sungrown. They make one like that. Okay, so it's possible. Could be. Okay, I have have a guess here. Go ahead. Twenty-one twenty Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) It's my best cigar guess on this thing. It's as close as I'm going to get. That's funny. We're recording just before the Super Bowl game here tonight. This will air on Monday after the Super Bowl. 
Skyhex update here. We have some new stuff on the website. We have the links to the, the whole ton of Perdomo factory tour videos that are pretty cool if you want to learn how they grow tobacco and treat tobacco or ferment it and age it and roll it. It was excellent watching it. Yeah, I made Ricky watch all of it the other it, night. It was absolutely incredible because I, ne- you know, I never knew how much effort and time went into the just making cigars. It was it was unbelievable. It, it definitely is worth your time. Well, they age this stuff for years and years, so it, there's a lot that goes into it. I was surprised by just all the workers and it's all by hand too, which is all just by phenomenal. hand and just absolutely phenomenal. Well, too, and you guys listen to some unique videos too of the company that did it, yeah, because they do it differently than yeah. other companies. Yeah, that's right. This is how Perdomo's do it, yeah. Yeah, he makes his, all the boxes, they actually make themselves. Yeah, that's yeah, like, they've got a whole, the whole vertical integration thing going on over there. They plant the seeds, they have the greenhouses, they grow the stuff, they dry it in the barns. It's all done in the Perdomo purview there. It's all in, yeah. in their company. Everything down to making the boxes is all their, their thing. Okay, so there's a bunch of videos on the website. You can find them there. And uh, the link out to Perdomo's website and YouTube. Uh, another thing that uh, happened uh, a while back, Nurse Rick and I went up to Twins and did the review for the Twins Lounge for their new uh, cigar smoking deck they have out there back in episode two, I think it was. It, it 10 was. Ep- 10 episodes was. ago. Yes. And that was back in like November or something. We went up there to uh, go check that out. And that day we happened to stumble into the, the shop while... Kurt had some cigar folks in. Yeah, Thor and his mother. Yeah, Thor Nielsen and uh, his mom from Cigar Press were there, and Ricky and I got to meet them, and would you like to uh, take it from here? So, yes, so so Dave and I went to Twins. You know, I was sitting next to this gentleman, and who I thought was his wife, actually was his mother, very attractive woman. They are the editors Mm -hmm. of uh, Cigar Press. I didn't know much about this magazine, but he did have a copy, and we were looking through, and I was very impressed. The cartoons were funny, just very humorous, and he was saying that his father actually did all the drawings and so forth. It was it was very impressive. It's a family operation over there. It sure is. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool uh, magazine. Where, where are they from? Where are they printed Cali- in? California, I believe. I, don't know, I, think, I, I think Cigar California? Press. Yeah, they're uh, so, relatively new, right? No, they've been around for a while. They were there doing an interview with Kurt in the issue. The, what issue do you have there? Volume 11, issue 2. Issue 2, so that's this year, second. Well, yeah. yeah. No, but what I mean is relatively new as far as like... Um, well, well, 11, that's 11 years. Yeah, but no, like all the others are older. Oh, like, well, like, yeah, like, for 11 years like, is relatively new, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. like Cigar Snob is yeah, right, right, right. older. Mm-hmm. Cigar Aficionado is... Ancient. Yep. Yeah, yep. early 90s, 80s. Yep, could be. So, yeah, okay, relatively new, 11 years old. Well, in the cigar world, 11, 11 years is nothing, right? Right. Yeah, right. good point. <laughs> yeah. So they were doing an interview up there. They were interviewing Kurt, and that article is in this uh, issue of the magazine. It's pretty nice. I read the thing through the other day, and it was uh, worthwhile. So you can go on to scarpress.com. I think that's what their website is, yeah. and you can actually get it there and read it. It's pretty nice. Tells you all about the history of twins and Kurt, who owns twins, which is very cool. Anything else on that? Yep, they're from uh, Thor is from Los Angeles. Okay, you're right, California. California. Yeah, yeah. At first, when I first met him, I thought he was a Floridian, but uh, okay. all right, yeah, it was a very nice magazine. I'm looking at it right now. Yes, yeah. well, excellent. you can look through the magazine. I'm going to move ahead to current events in the cigar world. So, speaking of twins, since Kurt's in the magazine there this uh, this month. On Saturdays, they have cigars and guitars over there in Londonderry at the bar. So they have some acoustic guitar guys come in uh, at 8 o'clock on Saturdays. Up at Shenanigans, we have on February 9th at 5, Oscar Valadares will visit. So if you want to go and meet the Leaf by Oscar guy and what is he, 2012 and some of the other lines, we'll be up there on the 9th of February, which is oh, this Friday. And then the Echotones play at 8 o'clock there, so they get a band after Oscar. Over at Carlo Rose, March 31st, they have right off the bat some metal band thing. And then on uh, April 21st, Raw American Hip Hop Exhibition. 
That should be kind of interesting. And Federal Dover is moving to a new location about a half mile down the road from where they are in the March time frame, which is only a few weeks out. Interesting thing, at Tino's in Hampton, New Hampshire, My Father's Cigars, Steak and Cigar Dinner. And that's on Thursday, February 22nd at Tino's. And that's actually run by Federal. And Jeremy Soares, the My Father's rep, will be there. And so the deal there is you get the three My Father's Cigars, dinner, all tax and gratuities all included, and uh, with the one price there, cash bar is available. So that should be kind of interesting. Over at O'Shea's in Nashua, you got uh, Thursday's open mic with Mando and the Goat, whatever that is. I don't know what a Mando and a Goat are, but... And Friday and Saturday, they have live music at 9. The Jenny Lynn duo is back this Friday, in the 9th. When we were up there doing the review, they happened to be playing. They were excellent. So that would be worthwhile. And then the Fellowship of the King on February 10th, Saturday, at Michael's in Worcester. And Victory Cigar Bar has something new that I didn't see until this week. They have on the 16th of February, Corona Beach Party, Summer Drinks... And bring your beachwear. So there's, maybe there'll be some bikinis there. Where, so. where is that? Worcester? Worcester. Worcester. Shrewsbury Street in Worcester. Okay. Nice place. We, well, we reviewed them well, I one, know we one did. time back. So that's that. February? Yeah. February? Corona Beach Party. All right. Bring your bikini and your swim trunks. So there's the local smoke. What do you think of your cigar? How's it doing? Actually, this one's kind of mellowing out for me. It was a little <clears> stiff <throat> at the beginning, and it's like it just mellow, mellows right out, so... Mikey, I think you're right. I think this is a sun ground. I just wrote down. I'm writing down some some uh, yeah, thoughts the, uh, about this. Yeah, the uh, white pepper I had on this completely dissipated. Typically, this isn't a Perdomo. This isn't a Perdomo. Have you ever tried the sun ground? I have. This. That's why I'm saying this isn't it. Have you ever tried the Corona? The Corona smokes very differently. I've drank a Corona. Well, you know, they're having the Corona Beach Party. <laughs> victory, too. <laughs> victory, victory. So, Mustang Mike, what it's do you think? It's, not, it's out of your comfort zone? What do you think well, of that? No, it's got a little bite to it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, Again, it's not what I normally would smoke. I don't, yeah, no I, I'll pull off the Different. label and whatever it says, I'll put it on my list of um, yeah. probably not. <laughs> that's, a, that's quite all right. That's okay. It's not for everything. It's not for everybody. That's for sure. Hey, I found what I like, and I just... I'm sticking to it. That's perfectly fine. That's actually the way to go. Find what you like and stick with it. Yep. Which, which, by the way, before we go any further, I think on 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 behalf of the owner of this lovely establishment, I think it's very important that we say where we're broadcasting out of. You're perfect timing, Rick. We're 17 minutes in. I, I know. <laughs> I, I'm sitting there. I'm going. Boy, it's been about 15 minutes. It's time to say. Go right ahead and say. We are at Plastow Cigar, a just a very unique family, wonderful business. Um, family the, cigar the, store. The family cigar <laughs> store. Family cigar store. We're all family here. We are family. And uh, the owners are just brilliant. Geniuses when it comes to cigars. Geniuses. Very stable genius. <laughs> Come, come in and talk some theory, and we don't call them conspiracies. We call you willfully uninformed. Uh, well, there you go. That's perfect. Now, there is a family cigar store. The Sosa Family Cigar Store is in Disney in Coronado. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Yes, that's the name of it. Yeah, Sosa Family. Because yeah. mm-hmm. oh. the Sosa Family has a cigar business, a cigar store business that, down there. Is that in Florida? Yeah, it's at oh, Coronado. I go at, down. Dis- at Disney World Resort? Yes. Well, they have a cigar store. I in wonder the how expensive the uh, cigars they are. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Disney's charging a few bucks extra for the, the rental over there, the space. You they're know, in that, they're in that yeah. shopping area there, Colorado Springs. Way down in there. Yeah. I've never been, but I know it's there. Oh, I'll have to check that out when I go down. You pay $10 for the cigar and $10 for the location. That's and it. $10 That's for the light. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's twenty nine ninety five. Probably how it's going to be. And then there's and then there's nowhere you can smoke it. That's right. Because you're in Disney. No, yeah, no smoking. Yeah, there's a couple of spots over there. The thirty three club. It. That's the, what's the thirty three club? The, remember we talked about it. At the uh, what was it? The the last broadcast we talked about the famous thirty three club. It's uh, Disney's elite four star restaurant. It's uh, I think it's in California. Or sure it, you were it, on this, Disneyland. You sure you were on this podcast talking about that? Because I yes, don't remember I, it at yes, all. Yes, I was. Anybody it was, remember that? Um, 
The, yes. Remember that? I said no. the, 30, no. the famous no. 33 Club. It's famous. It's, fa- it's very famous. No more uh, stuff in the current events category here. So we're down to uh, almost to the reveal. Who wants to do a reveal here? Uh, I know. I, you know, the last few episodes I've been uh, trying to give my idea of what it could possibly be. And I'm usually dead wrong. Yep. Except but, for once. Except for once. I, th- that was a fluke. Yeah. The three that I wrote was, the first was Eurora, the United People Sell them. Am I saying it wrong? What is it? Aroa. 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 Then I was thinking maybe a, a La, La Italia. Or I wrote here an underground sun ground. Just, uh, guess. Are, just keep my, guessing. Those are my three guesses this okay. week. Just keep guessing. I mean, you know, I'd be shocked there's no it, limit on the number of I'd entries. I'd be shocked if it was. A, I was thinking at first, when I first tasted it, I said, could be a Rocky. Wasn't sure. No, no, this is not the Rocky Sun Grown. Tastes like a father to me. Undercrown makes the. I don't think. Do they make a Sun Grown? I know they make the Connecticut Shade. No, no, no. Undercrown does a Sun Grown. You guys want to peel them off? Go right ahead. I'm going to throw a guess in there. I'd Uh say it it must be one of my father's cigars. Go with my father. Seeing he's on the list, I'm just going to use the old trick. It's not. We were wrong. I can't even get mine off. Like he's having trouble getting his band off over oh, yeah. there. Maybe we'll have to make these easier to come off or something. Eric had a problem too. Mine remember? slid right off. Yeah, Mine slid right off. Need a fingernail there? I've only had maybe, I don't know, three, four of these. So you're wrong. Yes. No, I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. So does anybody want to reveal what it is here? Wait We're waiting for Ricky to get his band uh, off. Matt's struggling too with it. The tape is just too tight for Ricky. All right. Thank you. There you go. All right. We'll let Ricky peel his off. Drum roll, please. All right. Yeah. We need that sound effects machine, so send us money so we can buy one. (laughs) Wait, wait. Update. Mine says 5414 pets. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 3424 pets. Yeah. Yeah, If I knew, I would have wrote different scores on the inside of the band covers there. Well, what do you got, Ricky? I've never had this before. Yeah, what does it say? It is a Wayfarer. Wayfarer? What is that? Wayfarer. Oh, it's a Sereno. Yes, it's a Sereno. Ah. Wayfarer Sereno. I believe, actually, it's his uh, newest lineup. Yeah, this is their new release. Interesting. I've never had a Sereno, and they were at the uh, VIP event there. Mm -hmm. I've never had a Sereno. They were there. This is Carson Sereno's new blend, or his release. So is this a... uh, This is the Wayfarer. Not a Maduro, huh? I don't know if this is a Sunrun, actually. I don't know if they actually make a song. I don't know. This is a. Uh, it it um, is veiny. Mine's veiny. It's a medium dark color. Do so we know yeah. anything about the blend? Do we? Well, we could look it up if we had to. <laughs> you know, we maybe re- we should do the research ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Every time we're we say do, this, we're but, doing the research mm, now. Go ahead, Ricky. Do the research. You can do the research while we. It's definitely not a Maduro. No, that's just no. Actually, we can just jump down to the, the local spotlight and we'll start doing that while Ricky's doing the. Research on the blend of a Sereno Wayfarer. So this week, actually, Nurse Rick and I went up to Castro's back room in Nashua to check that out. I've never been there before, and that was kind of an interesting evening. We had a good time over there. All right, I have this before we even uh, say. What do you got? It is, and the wrapper is Ecuadorian Corojo 99. Oh, there you go. The binder is Jalapa, and the filler is Nicaraguan Vitola. The Jalapa is Nicaraguan, I believe. Yes. The Jalapa Valley. I've heard that in the Nick Perdomo video, so I'm yeah. going to say that probably is true. Really? And it says here that the Wayfarer Blend was first conceptualized on a three-week backpacking trip Carson Sereno took to Iceland. Yep. Very nice. Ah. So that's the inspiration for this one is the backpacking trip. So this is a backpacking cigar. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually at the uh, Ashholz podcast when he released this to two guys. Wow. Where are these guys from? Where's Carson Sereno from? Uh, they're, f- they're from Florida. Okay. I believe um, his son is from jo- uh, lives in Georgia, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Sereno is the father. This, yeah. is, this is a little stronger than what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And since you mentioned Georgia, yeah. can I throw a little thing in there for uh, Harvey? Go right ahead. So our dear friend, the Reverend from Georgia, 
is is at Exeter Hospital. He has pneumonia, so we're thinking about you, Hav. Get get well soon. Well, I take it you won't be smoking cigars for a little while, <laughs> but once your lungs are back, we'll get you all messed up with cigars. Mm, all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll bring you back. One thing he asked for is if he doesn't get out of the hospital on Monday, he asked, uh, could we bring him some cigar magazines? That way he could read about cigars. He's dying to have one. Yeah. And speaking of Georgia, Georgia is the number two state for the hits for Cigar Hacks podcast. Uh, I don't Matt, know. I don't know uh, how that really. I don't know. Did, did, did my buddy in Detroit <laughs> click on? He said uh, he would. We have Michigan. We have That's Michigan. Just funny Michigan. though. Michigan shows up. That's down way down. Well, not that far down, but it's down there a little ways. Because we just got like you know a few folks there. But in Georgia, they're number two. Ah, right after hmm. Massachusetts. Of course, Massachusetts is number one because that's where we do all our loading and testing and whatnot. So I, we get a lot of extra hits from Massachusetts because that's that's what happens there. So if we discount that, then maybe Georgia you know, could, be, could be number jo- one. Georgia is probably number one. <laughs> could be. California's number three. Wow. Mm-hmm. Coast to coast, man. Yeah. Just surprises me. It surprises yeah. you. Why does that surprise you? I don't know, California, I, I didn't think yeah. they were allowed to have cigars. <laughs> yeah, I, We did oh, a God. review of a place well, in California once. Know, all the it, funny rules. Uh, oh, yeah, didn't, you went there. Probably in business in, or something. Probably part of New California and not <laughs> California. You heard about the, the states trying to break in two, so it's probably the new section. The new yeah, California. could be. All right. mm-hmm. Although, when I went out back in the fall there, we went to San Diego and I uh, went to... Habanos, yeah. and yeah. we did a review on Habanos, and that was a great little place. And we have a link to Roadstick's video uh, review of Habanos, and they had three other places in well, they, San Diego, too. They have a slew of wineries. You figure that, I mean, it would be perfect with cigars. Yeah. Perfect. So anyway, like uh, Dave was saying, we went out last week. We visited a new place We're doing called, Castro's. called Castro's Back Room, and it was actually, Maddie, you said... A while ago, we were talking about various places, and uh, you described the place to me, and right away, I thought of what you had described when I walked into this facility. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was, one? Nashua. Uh, Na- yeah, we went to Nashua. Yeah, so I've never been to Nashua. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah Matt, didn't, yeah. didn't we go to, to the one in Manchester? Manchester, yeah. Castro's has five locations now. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. They opened one up in Keene. Two new ones recently. Mm-hmm. They one in Keene. So, so if we put a second Plastow cigar in, do we need to be at the other side of the town? Stay yes. in Plastow? Yes. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, two guys is in different towns, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Just because it's Plastow cigar doesn't mean it has to be in Plastow, right? Really? You can make, so we, you can we, make, this, well, uh, make the town true. famous, right? We could make Plastow cigar. We could bring it to Chelsea, Mass. Well, uh, I don't know how that would work. Well, you know what you do? You just stay with the theme. You you open up Manchester Cigar and Nashua Cigar, and you just use the town. Mm, right? and you just, that's true. You're so, all affiliated. There you go. <laughs> you know something? I'm, I, get, I guess in a way that, you know, you walk into one of the humidors here. Well, you walk into the big humidor here in Plastel Cigar, and everything is very nicely portrayed on the shelves. All the brands are together when you go looking for cigars and so forth. So we walked into, other than maybe the Fed, other than Federal and, and Twins, uh, they're all set up very similarly. Uh, went into Castro's, went into their humidor. They had a good-sized humidor. I just fi- I found it a little bit difficult to find because I'm so used to this place. But they had a great amount of cigars in there, numerous brands I never heard of. I found more of the fuller-strength cigars more so than the lighter cigars there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got Concord, Nashua, Manchester, Bedford, and the new one in Keene, which doesn't even show up on the website yet. It's that new. But yeah, they just like, bought that. Mm-hmm. So this this was in a building that looked like it was built in the 1800s. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it was like walking into an old firehouse. I walked in. There were uh, six barbershop chairs in front of a TV. A bunch of people were watching the Bruins. There was a man playing cards near the back. I said hi. He didn't say anything. Who's <laughs> <laughs> this young whippersnapper? <laughs> exactly. You know something? That's exactly what I thought when I walked in. We walked in, and we were just warmly, warmly invited in. Mm-hmm. So the um, the proprietor there, Eric, was behind the counter. He uh, is the owner of the 
place there. So yes. we, we happened to catch him there. It was kind of nice. And uh, he was gracious enough to give us he a little was, tour. He gave us a tour, and we went upstairs. And they had all this memorabilia. Some of the stuff dated back to, like, the 1920s on the wall. I mean, you could spend a half a day looking at the stuff that's on the wall. They had copper seated. Uh, they had these chairs that they were copper-plated. Really neat. Yeah, it was like copper flashing. In yeah, the back. it was like a bench set up, oh. and the backs were made out of copper flashing. It was mm, pretty huge, cool. cool. Huge, it was neat. Huge upstairs card room. There were t- lots of tables. They had big, big backgammon tables. Um, there was big, a deer head hanging off the wall too, right? There was. Yeah. There were a cut. Yeah, there were a couple <laughs> but, of stuffed animals. <laughs> but you came back here and said, "There's no place like home." There is no, no place no, like no. home. Mm-mm. The walls was so much stuff on the walls. It was just so hard to see it all because there's just so much, so much stuff. It was all eclectic kinds of things. And I'm, I'm very spoiled stuff. by these wonderful chairs. Yeah, we know. didn't get to check out the barber chairs because they were all occupied. They were. Yeah. So the other thing about the Nashua location, it's downtown. I mean, it's like right on Main Drag in downtown yeah. there. So it's in one of those old brick buildings right there downtown. So you, you got to park on the street and whatnot. And there's plenty of parking around there, right. but it's a you know a local, local place. towny place. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely a local towny place. Oh, geez, like Plastow. Yeah, it's kind probably, of a local towny place too. It was probably one of those old like mill buildings or whatnot, <laughs> probably. You what? know those mill buildings? No, it wasn't a mill building. It was an old office type building. Yeah, oh. it was old, it, like it, a storefront downstairs oh, okay. and offices yeah, yeah, okay. upstairs, kind yeah, of yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's a two-story building, and the second floor where we went up, it had the big room where you could sit around and, and smoke and whatnot. Up there, all the walls are covered with stuff, too. But the ceiling was these giant skylights, these old-school skylights. The right. whole ceiling was skylights front to back. So this is from, you know, back in the day when, you know, they used the sun instead of solar panels. They had <laughs> skylights. They said... they said, Three solar panels. <laughs> they, they said, you'll enjoy our uh, deck, which is more like a roof. Yeah. You know, but it was a... You know, it looks like a great place to if you want to go play cards. Nice view of the river right there. You can yeah, see the river right from the second yeah. floor. It was a cool building. I, I've got to say that. I really, I it, like antique was, buildings. So, mm-hmm. yep. what, caught, right, what caught right my there, what, what caught my eye was um, the owner showed us. It was really neat. These coat hangers oh, yeah, that were, were built cool. into the wall that had this mechanism that you pull down. And this, like, switch opens up where you can hang your hat. And then when you close it up, you actually – this, like, key came out. So you knew where your coat and your hat were. It was really neat. Yeah, it was really neat. It was something from the 1930s. That's cool. That's cool. It was wicked cool. Um, I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed – I saw on the wall a picture of Billie Holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can imagine a bunch of old car-length coats and right. fedoras hanging up there. Hanging up there, exactly. right, 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 all locked right, in. Right. Yeah, it would be kind of cool. Yeah, it was a, It right. was wicked cool upstairs. They had everything. They had a signed picture of Louis Armstrong. Uh, they just had all sorts of neat stuff on the walls. Mm-hmm. And their, their humidor was really well-stocked. There was a lot of stuff in there. It was, it was all little... It was a big humidor, and everything was crammed in there. It was just no no empty space in there at all. And we were looking for the hammers, and we couldn't find them. But they were right, right there. And they were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have Berlin Walls. They did have uh, the Hermitage, and uh, they had three or four different types of uh, hammers. Yeah, they were right there. But Speaking, every- of, speaking of hammer, we got the podcast juice. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah sitting yeah. right on the table. Podcast the, juice is the there. Podcast juice is the uh, hammer and sickle vodka. Which is our uh, podcast mascot, and it's on the table every time. Nobody's drinking it tonight, but that's nobody ever drinks it. But no, no. Sometimes, sometimes we break into it, but mm. not tonight. Yeah, on Castro's. I know when uh, me and Matt went there, the one in uh, Manchester several years ago. At that point, he had a lot of his uh, old stock, his personal stock, that he was selling out of there. Is oh. it the same owner for all the stores, sir? Yeah, I believe okay. so. Yeah. Yeah, so we lucked out. We got, yeah. They got five stores. We got five we caught the owner. We got yeah. the owner. He was a young mm-hmm. guy. Just they did have a picture right there of Fidel. Yeah, I remember the first cigar that I ever smoked uh, from them. What was it? It was their house cigar, the uh, Castro's back room. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it was let's just say a very unique tasting cigar. Cuban uh, inspired blend, maybe. I, I, I wouldn't go that far, Okay, but yeah, we'll just end it there. 
Anything else about the Castros then? We got to check out the other places because they're all different. Yeah, they're, they're, I'd like to do that. It's just like the even like two guys, all the three stores are very different. Right. Yeah, I've heard uh, Bedford's nice. Yeah, this particular location did not have a bar, but the the uh, two of the other locations have a bar. Not sure which ones they are, but this yeah. one did not. I know uh, Manchester has, well, they had a little bar set in back when, we, when me and Matt went years ago. Right, yeah, Manchester. The back room there. Yeah, Manchester has a bar, yes. I think Bedford probably does. So we got a nice warm greeting, the same warm greeting when we left. Yep. Yep. Oh, did they? They give you the old, how can we miss you if you don't go away? <laughs> <laughs> we actually walked in. I took some pictures. All, every, everybody was deep into the Bruins, so I was like, hi, yeah, fellas. They, they, were, kind of they were busy at watching the game. They, they didn't want to talk game. to us. Nope. <laughs> but I did get a couple of comments. I was wearing my uh, Life's Too Short to Smoke Bad Cigars t-shirt. I did yeah. get a couple of comments on yeah. that. So I would imagine you would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, how do you like this t-shirt? Good. This is the Goodfellas, good Kraft Brady and uh, Belichick. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's a it. good one. Suit and tie, that. yeah, yeah. Dressed to the dressed to the nines. Uh-huh. Yep, everybody's got their Patriots outfits on tonight. I do have a current event for Castro's in Nashua on the list here uh, on February fifth, which is tomorrow. Well, it'll be tonight when you listen to this because this is going to air on February fifth. They have a My Father's Cigar Happy Hour, 6 to 9, and that's going to be the first one in their Monday Happy Hour series. So they're doing a oh, really? special Monday thing that's going to start on the 5th of February. Oh, that's, so we'll that's cool. To, we'll have to keep an eye out for what the next Monday Happy Hour is going to be. I'm not sure exactly what that hmm. what the details are there, but I'm sure that that's something. Interesting. That's uh, different. You don't uh, hear uh, many events going on on um on a Monday. Yep. Well, takes over for Monday Night Football. Well, there you go. Right, right. There's no Monday Night Football, yeah. so cigar cigar happy hour, 6 to 9 over there, my father's. So maybe uh, there'll be some my father's something going on there, maybe some kind of special. All Anything right. else on the Castro's? No. We have to get to the other the other stores. I got to gotta check those out one of these days. Get up that way, up to the Concord. We, we did not. go over to Wilshere's. Oh, yeah, I Which dragged was... Ricky over to Rocher's after the fact because it's like 10 minutes from there. It's just yeah. down the road, and he hadn't been there, so we right. wanted to check what it out. What a nice oh, yeah. place. Right what on the a... same road, isn't it? I'm, a, I'm actually looking no, forward to seeing a band oh, there, gonna... but you know what? Go it... on, go this Friday. You won't be disappointed. I, I'll tell you something. I was uh... – the bartender was very, very nice. We we got to sit in their VIP room, which I just have to tell you, uh, I, I, I put on Facebook a picture of Dave and I saying that we were sitting in the VIP room. And shortly after that, right away, something somebody wrote in on Facebook, the VIP room, five feet from the bathroom. <laughs> you want Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, Good old funny. Nelson. He's in. Shout out to Nelson. Hey, Rick, you can take five steps and go to the men's room. I guess Nelson's been to O'Shea's. I guess he has. Yeah. Looked like a really happening place at a nice yeah, stage. Yeah, actually, that's how I found out about O'Shea's. Originally was uh, through Nelson there. Through Nelson. Oh, yeah. To looking for some place to have a cigar and a Guinness. Ah, and yes. he was like, go to O'Shea's. Yep. Huge O'Shea's. bar. Very nice bar. It's a nice place to have a cigar and Guinness and listen to some good music and sit in a barber chair. Because they have two barber chairs in the back. Yeah, we got right. to sit in those, and they and they actually had the uh, levers, so you could uh, sprawl all the way back, and it was very nice. That's cool. You know, I always right. wondered about places like that, like Federal, that has a huge bar, and they bring in the the people that are drinking, and then you got a group of people that smoke cigars. And all right, do so you want to move into the conspiracy corner? Oh, yeah. I'm dying to hear this. Can't wait for (laughs) some commentary from Maddie and Mustang Mike. We're going to turn it over to these guys and and, uh, let them rip on this thing. He's Memo Mike. Memo Mike. Yeah. Mustang Mike (laughs) turns into Memo Mike. Fake news, near and and dear to my heart. I uh, study fake news and follow it and try to figure out what level of fake. So we're talking about the memo that was just released by the uh, House Select Committee on, what is it? Don't, don't forget, know. Mike, when you speak, directly in front of you is a Democrat. Yeah, Ricky's our uh, resident Democrat. Resident Democrat. <laughs> you know. Not a, not a liberal, though. I, I just want to state, if you're always looking left, you'll never be right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So go ahead. Take it away. You got it, Mike. Oh, well. You're the memo master. Well, Matt and I knew everything in this memo previous. This has pretty much been out there in our secondary media for almost a year. This memo is a four-page description of a 99-page secret document that we all knew. And the short and skinny of it is that they took fake news to the court and used it to wiretap the Trump campaign, trying to stop Trump from winning. And after he won, they continued listening in to try to stop him from being inaugurated. And after he was inaugurated, they continued to listen in, trying to stop to impeach him. So um, I'm looking at this as proof positive that we have Watergate to the 10th power. I will say, and please do not cut this out, but <laughs> as a Democrat, and it, just just to throw this out, I absolutely was embarrassed um, to say I'm a member of this party for the way the Democrats acted during Trump's speech. Um, I found it appalling. You're talking the State of the Union. The State of the Union. I absolutely found it appalling, especially when we talk about our military and our veterans that I hold in the highest regard, let alone, you know, I'm a patriot. I, I keep this country in our highest regard. And um, I was appalled. It, it really bothered me to the point that I can't say in the next election I'll be a Democrat. I, I really uh, was disturbed by this. Absolutely appalling. And after reading this memo, what a bunch of garbage. Absolute garbage. I have to agree with with Memo Mike or Mustang Mike over <laughs> here. Mike. On, on you know, there's nothing in here that you didn't already know. It's just proof that it's true, right? Well, this is the first run. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the the way with the um, State of the Union is that the Democrats need us to fail for them to succeed. So we hate to say it, but they're rooting for failure. They need right. the Trump administration and everything that he's doing to fail. Because if these tax cuts work like I expect them, and the whole economy keeps going, Democrats are in trouble. And then you add in the truth that we did discover, the, the Russian collusion that they were looking for. And it was basically done by the Hillary Clinton campaign, the DNC, the FBI, and the Department of Justice, along with uh, Mr. Steele here. They colluded with the Russians to try to um, manipulate and fix our election. And had they succeeded, and had Hillary Clinton won, I want to fly out a thank you to Michigan, Wisconsin, <laughs> and Pennsylvania for giving us the win. But had they won, none of this ever would have made the light of day. And we all have to agree that there, as with President Clinton in office, everything would have been hidden. And we all would have been sitting around here at Plastow Cigar talking about you know, how do we bring this to, to light a day? And it just, we would not have had a chance. Yeah. So what were those states again? Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. Those three states, electoral votes spun the difference. And, um, well, you know, near and dear to my heart is here in New Hampshire, uh, we lost by, I, be I believe it's about 2,500 votes. And one of my true theories is that we probably had about ten to 12,000 people at least vote in the state of New Hampshire who were not legally eligible to vote. So, Well, out of all those states you mentioned, only one of those is not on our list. Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. We, Wisconsin. Yeah, we don't have Wisconsin. Anybody, list, anybody tuning into the podcast in Wisconsin yet. But we definitely have Michigan and Pennsylvania. Good so, states. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, who's yeah. in Pennsylvania that we know? Hey, it's Cigar Craig. Oh, that's yeah, right. Cigar, Cigar Craig. Craig is in Pennsylvania. That's right. that's right. Cigar Craig. He's got the cigar blog out there. He's a friend of the, the uh, Cigar Hacks podcast. We love Cigar Craig. All right. Too. So All shout right. out to Craig. I love Pennsylvania. My family came from Pennsylvania. Oh, there you go. So uh, what's the next thing that's going to come out in the, uh, the, the memo world here? Well, what I'm hearing is that this memo is just 10% of the information that's going right. to come out. So it's just a shot across the bow to start it. But once we get into the next level, there's so much more that they were doing. Like? Got any ideas? Now we can get into the speculation part. 
I don't know. <laughs> I mean, come on, let's face it. Trump has boosted uh, the economy. You know, he was always friendly with Putin. There's nothing wrong with that. They, I, I read in this memo, who was it, Nunez or somebody was friends with a professor that happened to be Russian. Right away, they linked to, you know, always colluding with Russia. Right. That's ridiculous. Well, on that state, even if the DNC and Hillary Clinton colluded with Russia to put this together, colluding with Russia in itself is not against the law. So there's nothing that we could, even if we proved that they did this, in like kind, even if they ever proved that the Trump administration colluded with Russia, there is no law against it. Right. You know, we go back to this. There was no, they keep claiming that the Democrats manipulated our election. And if you go back into into mm. some of the information, I will tell you, you what's... Mean the Republicans? <clears throat> so that you... Do you mean that they keep saying that the Republicans manipulated the election? Yeah, I think you kind of reversed that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, well, they're, no, they're, I they're understand saying that... You can mix it up. It's yeah. They're saying that the to... Russians manipulated our election to help Trump win. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That the Democrats Trump, are saying yeah, yeah. that. Yes. Okay. That's ridiculous. Okay. I get it. I get it. Uh, I will go into something that I believe that's kind of linked to this because they keep alluding to it. Uh, um, Part of this whole thing that came up was the release of all the emails by WikiLeaks. I believe his name is Bill Binney has proved that the file that was downloaded for the emails was done in such a speed that it could only have been done at the computer itself onto a, a fire stick type thing in the DNC. So it's proven that it's impossible that it was done over the internet, which removes the Russians from doing it. And it brings up, there was a gentleman who worked for the DNC who's this most likely person. Seth Rich. Yes. Oh, so it came from their own, and if, our, our own infrastructure per se. And if we really dig in, into the weeds, there's, um, again, this is just a theory out there, but that Seth Rich was taken out and it ties right back to the democratic national committee so oh is he the Debbie guy wasserman schultz is he the guy who was uh murdered on the street and there was supposedly some right robbery yes. or thing but nothing was taken exactly yeah, yeah. yeah he was exactly. walking home he lived in like an affluent neighborhood you know he worked with the dnc he had a good position yeah, he was walking home at like 4 o'clock in the morning and they shot him in the back in an alleged robbery, but his wallet, his cell phone, everything was on him. It made no sense. And then there was other stuff around the hospital, which I can't confirm or deny, but it's got all the hallmarks of everything. It's of, you know, just a big cover-up. I mean, they just to say things and they, they cover things up. The You know what Mike's talking about with... You know, they're saying it couldn't have been done over the internet. Well, they originally came out and said, oh, all the intelligence agencies said that it was Russia. All the intelligence agencies said that it was Russia. The DNC never allowed their servers to be investigated. Right. So how how could they possibly say, oh, yeah, no, it was Russia? Uh, it's just bullshit. A private company called CrowdStrike did the investigation of their server. They actually work for the DNC, and they relayed that message that information to the FBI and the FBI accepted CrowdStrike's assessment and believed them. The other thing that may come out, and again, this is just one of those theories out there. I really can't say it's true, but it's theorized that two MS-13 gang members were hired to take care of Seth Rich. And soon after, these two MS-13 gang members were themselves murdered. And so if you look into the time frame right around the time that Seth Rich died in Washington, D.C., there was two gangbangers who were shot. And they were most likely the guilt. If it's true, they were the guilty party. And so they not only took the leaker out, but they took the assassins out. They're good at covering their tracks. Well, that's been going on for a very long time. Like Kennedy. Back, you know, Oswald was taken out immediately. Right. I mean, isn't that a common thing that... Even mobsters do. They right. they hire a hitman and then they kill the hitman. Sure. And that way, you know, they they get covered. all their ties. <clears throat> the loose ends. So so if this all 
they, there's a belief that all of this truth exists. And if it actually gets brought out, I think that the next hammer to fall is going to be uh, the Inspector General's report. See, while Rob uh, Mueller has been doing his investigation with all these idiot FBI agents, there's been about 70 people. What is it? The Inspector General has a crew of 70 people who've been investigating all of this stuff since the election. So I, I guess we have to be patient, right, Matt? <laughs> That's right. The memo's a good start. Yeah. Got the ball rolling. I mean, I mean, on the memo, somebody there's an article floating around, and um, I'm calling it 16 Candles, and it says he put together 16 points that are pertinent in the memo. I mean, I can run through them if you want. Yeah, run through them. All right. I tried to uh, make them quick and easy. All right. One, the dossier was paid for by the DNC and Hillary Clinton 16 campaign. Two, in October of 16... They used this dossier to get a warrant to wiretap the Trump campaign, and they did it for one year. They actually renewed the warrant uh, three different times. So they, they had him tapped during the campaign, during the transition, and after he, he was actually in office. Yeah, they're required to renew, I think, every 90 days. Yeah. All right, so FISA was set up to stop foreign terrorists, and they used this to wiretap American citizens in a presidential campaign. That's three. Um, number four, it does say in the summer of 16, the DOJ had opened up an investigation into Trump, but they found nothing. So they had no reason to get the Pfizer warrant. Now, number five was um, it was quoted that the dossier was essential to the Pfizer warrant. And number six, McCabe said in a testimony that no warrant would have been sought without the dossier. So number seven, Comey in June of 2017 said the dossier was mostly salacious and unverified. Number eight, Steele told the FBI agent Bruce Orr he was desperate that Donald J. Trump not get elected. And number nine, Orr's wife worked for Steele, at G with Steele, I should say, at Fusion GPS. And this is a big one. Despite the dossier, this is number 10. It was done from Clinton research. It was salacious and unverified. Uh, Steele was desperate and his wife worked at there with the conflict of interest and the FBI failed to tell the FISA court any of this information. So all the conflicts, number 11, they were withheld from the FISA court. So number 12, the FBI and the DOJ said media reports were independent verification, but they knew that those media reports were linked, were based on leaks from about the memo. Steele himself, like, went to meet with those people. Yeah, he leaked to Yahoo News, and he, he leaked, and that goes into this yeah, next he one. he told them what to write, and then they said, oh, this article backs up our story. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this is it's even better. Joke. Steele was the, was the FBI source, and the, the FBI fired him in October of 2016 because he leaked info to Mother Jones. So they fired him for that. Yeah. But they still used him as a source after that. So number 14, Com Comey hid the dossier in the Clinton, uh, the Clinton link, and so the House subpoena of Fusion bank accounts gave Congress the truth about who paid for the dossier and the fact that uh, Orr's wife worked for Fusion GPS. And number 15, all of this occurred under Comey, who then leaked his own information to his friend to get the uh, special counsel set up. And obviously, Rod Rosenstein was the gentleman who set it up. The final one, which is the ironic thing to this whole conspiracy, if you want to call it that, but it's the truth. Most of the dossier's information came directly from the Russians. So there you go. Clinton, 
the Democrats, Steele, the FBI, and the Department of Justice all colluded with the Russians to rig a presidential election. So we found our Russian collusion. <laughs> so, ba- so basically, you know, I'm looking up here and they talked about the uh, Trump dossier. Our, the representative, Trey Gowdy, wants a memo drawn up by the House uh, to be released so the American people um, can find out just how much the Trump dossier drove the FBI's investigation into Trump. And Gowdy said on Fox News Sunday that the American people deserve to read the memo. And yeah, Gowdy's getting appointed to special counsel. <clears throat> That's why he's not running for re-election. You know, <laughs> well, well but, he's got three spots to go. I'm, I'm thinking Gowdy initially in um, North Carolina, there was a court that was always a conservative court. And because of um, Obama being in there for eight years, it has turned Democratic. It's almost as bad as the right. Ninth Circuit. So I predict he may go there. Uh, like Matt said, the second thing is if they need a special counsel, he may be put on this. Um, there's a third one. I, I see him, if there's ever the um, military tribunals, they're going to put Trey Gowdy in charge of that. And then the final place Trey Gowdy is going to end up in the next couple of years, if not sooner, is he's going to be appointed to the Supreme Court. Yep, maybe. And and so the next opening in the Supreme Court, which Mike Mustang Mike's predictions is we're going to have three more openings on the Supreme Court sure. during the Trump administration. Sure. Yeah. I mean, this whole memo thing was set up. So they were aware. I mean, Trump tweeted about it, you know, during the campaign. Like, they, they were guys that tipped them off that all this was going on, that this illegal spying was being done, that there was massive law breaking and everything. And so they let them hang themselves. And the reason it's taken so long is because they've been letting them communicate and letting them break all these laws and letting the evidence mount up so that they can take them down. So it's not that they're, you know, finding all this stuff out as we go. They have it all and they're releasing it in a certain way because, you know, it's, it's difficult with public opinion and everything. But they're all busted and they're all going down. There, there is no way around it at this point. Well, I go back to, this is where it came out. Um, Was it Admiral Rogers from the NSA showed up, he went around his bosses and he showed up at Trump Tower on the 17th of November, which was a couple weeks after the election, a week after the election. And he sat down with President-elect Trump and explained everything. The next day, the Trump campaign removed from Trump Tower and they relocated out to Bemis the golf course. And the reason that we're being told they did that is that he told Donald Trump that the fifth and 26th floor of Trump Tower was being bugged. Bottom line, bottom line, America as a country, as a country spoke, Donald Trump is our president. As a country, we should support him. End of story. Whether you like him or not, end of story. He is our president. And, um, at least for the next four years, we as a country need to stay together. Um, like I said, look, you have people of all walks of life here. Uh, Donald Trump said some pretty amazing things when he talked about how, um, you know, he mentioned that uh, that that Muslim terrorist that uh, Mr. Obama let free. And then the guy went out there to kill some more. Bottom line is our soldiers are dying out there. Uh, we have to build up our military, and as a country, we need to support our president. Yeah. yeah. President Trump won 30 out of 50 states. Now, you can say what you want, but the Electoral College is the system. That's and right. I, I explain it best this way. Um, if I told you that uh, the Red Sox played the Chicago Cubs in a World Series and the Chicago Cubs scored 56 runs and the Red Sox scored 53 one, runs. Who won the World Series? The Cubs. Negative. Whoever won through four out of the seven games. Yeah. It's not right. who got that's the right. most runs in right. that. It's who won the most. And that's, that's how right. the Electoral College, it's not how many votes you get. It's how many electoral states you win. You're right. There you go. And as simple as that. So for the people who want to sit there 
and complain, and I'm sure we have, you know, New York and Massachusetts, California voters who are saying, well, look at these millions of votes. Well, um, Donald Trump, President Trump did not bother campaigning in California or New York or, or even Massachusetts. He, he didn't, he knew that he was going to lose the state. Right. So it didn't matter if he lost, you know, 51 to 49 or 99 to 1. It, it was irrelevant. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let, al- let alone all the Democrats that didn't vote for Hillary. What you did to Bernie Sanders was absolutely horrible. Yeah. Horrible. <clears throat> so that's my two cents yep. as a Democrat. Um, Ricky Two Cents. Yeah. That's your new yeah. name. Ricky Two, two Cents. Two Cents. That's my two cents. Well, as, a de- the- as a Democrat, and I'm sorry, Hillary, I just don't support you. And, um, <laughs> I, well, I gave my I 25 don't. cents. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, you guys okay. Are, we, we, we should move along. That okay. was, that was excellent. That was, yeah, that you was need good. To co- you need to come back to, for conspiracies. That's, that was fun. Very, yeah. very well stated. Thank you. We need to do a show just focused on that here in Offshoot. <laughs> Plastow Cigar Conspiracies. Mike. Mustang Mike drives a Hyundai. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the winter. <laughs> I got my name because uh, uh, at its peak, I had five Mustangs. Wow. I'm down to two. Can't keep them all. No. Got to put them somewhere. That's it. And you can't drive them on days like today. Oh, well, they just right. came out, yeah, with the new mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. And we could do a whole episode on cars one of these times too. Huh? Let me write that down. I don't know anything about cars, but yeah, well, I do nothing. But and, I, and I've owned does. a Hyundai before, and it was a good little car for six years. Now I actually drive a Ford Five Hundred in the winter. I'll stick to my Toyota Tacoma. I love it. <laughs> okay, we uh, want to do the recap. On the, on the hearth here? Because I finished mine just now. I, I'm just about done with this. Not my cup of tea. I am a hammer man, but not a, not a bad cigar. No, it's right? not, no, it's not. not at all. Smoked well. A little veiny. Smoked well. A little stronger than I like. Yes, I, get, I give it a B. For a little cigar, it's definitely got full, some power. Full of flavor. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Full of flavor. It's a little powerhouse. So thanks to Tony and... Yes, and, uh, Carson, for that. Yeah, it smokes well as a gift. Yeah, let's yeah. just go right around. Let's just keep going around the circle here. Let's go to Maddie. Yeah, I thought right. it was uh, really good. I liked it. It's not. It's just not in my wheelhouse usually, but I got to kind of get out of my wheelhouse for the purposes of this. And I thought it was good quality cigar. I enjoyed it. I would give it an A minus. Ooh, we're rating again. Rating. <laughs> I like this how rating many, system. How many hacks is that? Right. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> four and a quarter, I think. Four and a quarter hacks. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Mikey. I would. I give this a A plus, considering I spoke. I believe everything that they make. That's five hacks. The yes. Ser- on the Serenos. Yes, I believe I spoke everything they make. Mister Perdomo, two minutes into the broadcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Every time I smoke this cigar. I find that at the very beginning, it comes on real strong, then it mellows out a little bit, but it's still pretty strong all the way through. I'll give it the old four and a half hacks myself. Four and a half hacks. Yeah. Mike, what do you give this? Yeah, it's. It, I put it at a B. What does that put? Four hacks? Yeah. Oh, that's going to be. Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half right. hacks. <laughs> it's on Somewhere. my B list. So we have, the B list. we have two Bs and a few A's. So right. what does that work out to? You got the, uh, you got the calculator going over there? Oh, yeah. Okay. For, for how many hacks? So, well, sounds whatever. like an A minus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Ends up as an A minus. Well, we'll just we'll just call it a four hacker. Yeah, it's a four hacker. Yeah, that's beautiful. We'll uh, wrap this up, I think, and we'll give this a little little music. Okay, we have to thank the panel. Thanks to Mustang Mike or Memo Mike or whatever Mustang we want to call him today. Mike. That was a nice ben, recap of the memo. Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with the Mustang, Mike. The memo is just the fleeting thing. The Mustangs are here to stay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's only memo, Mike, for this episode. That's right. That's right. Mustang, Mike. We'll have to have Mustang, Mike, back for yes the car episode for sure. I used to drive a Mustang back in the '80s. I had a GT. Okay, so we'll have to thank Nurse Rick. Thanks for Yay! coming along again. Woohoo! Thank you, Maddie. You're welcome. Correspondent Mike. 
Yep, as always. Correspondent Mike and I went off and did uh, the recon for the next show yesterday, and that was actually pretty good. We'll wait until next time to talk about that one. It was, it was, uh, that was a fun trip. I enjoyed that yesterday. And uh, thank me. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> and thank the listeners. If you're still listening, I know we have all the Republicans who are still listening, but maybe some Democrats, too. Uh, maybe there are Ricky's Democrats. camp. Oh, Ricky's camp. Ricky's Called camp. Called in from Michigan. Mm-hmm. They're starting to look right. <laughs> yeah, look right. Actually, my pals in Florida are listening, too. That's good. Okay, remember, our social media tag is Cigar Hacks. We're on all the usual channels, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the Facebook, not the Facebook. I almost did it again. Facebook. <laughs> that was the original name by the Wickeloff yeah. Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Cigarhacks.com. We'll see you next time on the Cigar Hacks. Remember, we're just a bunch of hacks. Talking East, cigars. west of this very location. Etc. Last Cigar. Six o'clock on the number.